Good morning, Lansing. It's Saturday, and the pet experts are in the building. This is the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show on more compelling talk radio, 1320 WILS. Welcome, pet keepers, to this week's MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. I'm your host, Lee Cohen, here with my co-host, the pet expert himself, Mr. Rick Pruce. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Lee. Rick, I got a treat for you, and it's got nothing to do with fish. Do you believe it? Well, serve it up, Lee. What is it? Well, I was thinking to myself, Rick Proust did me a favor this week, so how can I repay that favor? And the favor that you did for me is you went to the Ingham County Animal Control and went to the award ceremony where you and I won an award, and you were gracious enough to not just give a speech at their event, but you actually dressed like a human being. <laughs> at that particular speech instead of wearing a typical Rick Pruse uniform. And for that, I appreciate your gesture in doing that. And so my thought was, if I could put together a show, what would make Rick Pruse smile more than anything else in the world? And so I've invited your daughter and your grand dog to join us <laughs> on this week's show. You're all for a treat then. You are in for a treat. He is one fantastic little animal. Well, well, not little, but he is one fantastic animal. I was going to say little is not the word I would use to describe. For those of you who don't know, Rick's daughter, Kerbay Pruce, about seven months ago, decided after she bought a home that she wanted a puppy. And so she went out and found a Great Dane puppy. And that little pesky feller <laughs> has grown into a horse. And we have that horse with us in the studio today. And I've got to tell you, this is one gorgeous dog. He is. Bruce is just one beautiful, marked Great Dane in a really fantastic disposition, but I owe a lot of that to my daughter. Um, I get to watch the trials and tribulations that she goes through, and um, it's rewarding. It's really rewarding the amount of improvement and the kind of development and the kind of socialization that she's made Great steps with that dog. So it's fun to watch. Well, the reason why it occurred to me, Rick, to do this is we have another guest coming on to the show with us today. And it happens to be Kathleen Goodman, who is an author who is from the Massachusetts area. And she happens to be speaking this weekend in Ann Arbor at the library. It's free of cost for any of you who would like to attend. And so we've invited her to come into the studio. And I'm thinking, you know, you go to the movies and all of a sudden you got Batman versus Superman and who knows who to cheer for. So I figured let's set it up today. Let's get our favorite puppy trainer in here with our favorite puppy and let's have them go at it and <laughs> see what we think about it. So that's what we've set up for today's show. Well, I'll be curious to see what the uh, puppy trainer thinks of the puppy. Uh, he's still filled with a lot of energy, but... Uh but I think uh, she'll be pretty impressed because he's one cool dog. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure that she will be. Uh, but going back to that speech you gave earlier this week, tell our listeners a little bit about how that went. Well, it was with um, 
a very, very important part to our pet community. Certainly all the volunteers associated with the Ingham County Animal Control. And they do an amazing job at making a uh, kind of a safety net, if you will, in our little community of pet keepers. And I just brought the message of this. You know, we do this show day in, day out, or at least week, week in, week out. And we see time and time and time again how these dogs slash fish slash reptiles, birds, whatever, bring so much meaning and joy to the lives of everyone. And I kind of just crafted my speech around the idea that, hey, you know what? It, it takes a village, if you will. And if we weren't, if we didn't have these pets within our lives, the I think the psychological disorder would be immense. I think the issues that we would all have, not just those who are using dogs as service dogs, but every one of us that really find value in pet and pet keeping from a reef tank to a to a frog to whatever, I think there's a lot of social benefit that happens and, uh, you know, pay homage to the to a part of that. It is a puzzle piece in making it happen. I would say to you, not only is it a puzzle piece, I think it's a big puzzle piece because when I think of these animals, I think of joy. And there are not many things that bring joy like these animals. So that's going to be the conversation we're going to have. We've got Bruce Pruce with the Puppy Possibilities author, Kathleen Goodman, this week on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. The pet experts are in. This is the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on more compelling talk radio, 1320 WILS. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And, Rick, we have with us in the studio a number of guests. Joining us for today's conversation, we have your daughter, Kirby Pruce here. And she has with her one of the biggest celebrities in all of the Lansing area. We have Bruce Pruce. Cruz, who is the Great Dane of Great Danes in here. And so if you hear a chewing of a bone or anything loud, it's going to be Bruce. And we have opposite Bruce Pruce, our guest today, who is in from the East Coast. We have Kathleen Goodman, who is the author of the book Puppy Possibilities. So in lieu of the times, you've all heard of Batman versus Superman. Uh, well, we have puppy trainers versus puppy celebrity and away we go welcome to the show kathleen thank you good morning everyone oh it's our pleasure to have you back in and thank you so much for traveling here before we get into uh our conversation about bruce and puppy trading uh what brings you to michigan i'm here to promote my puppy book and give a talk at the ann arbor district public library this coming sunday from from 3 to 4.30 in the afternoon, and I'm talking all about my recipe for success in raising the companion of your dreams. Okay. Well, I got to tell you, I don't know if Kirby was just a little bit aggressive with the spices when it comes to the recipe of her dreams, <laughs> but about seven months ago, uh, she decided to look for a Great Dane, and she settled on a monster Great Dane uh, that's sitting next to me. Kirby, tell us a little bit about Bruce. 
Oh, what would you like to know? So Bruce, Bruce is about 125 pounds now. Um, when we walked in the studio this morning, I think some people did some double takes if he was a cow or a horse. <laughs> um, he has been a wonderful companion over the last seven months. Uh, my goal was to get a Great Dane after I had bought a house. That was my requirement. Um, so he was definitely part of the home selecting process. <laughs> I had to accommodate for him. Um, so I got him uh, about seven months ago. We did quite the process of picking out the right puppy. I uh, worked with a local trainer here. And then um, we also took a class soon after called um, Control Unleashed that's really helped with the impulse control. Um, anytime you have a dog this large, <laughs> you really want to make sure you're working together as a team. Otherwise, I'm on the ground and it's a Marmaduke comic. So, so how old is Bruce at this point? He is about nine and a half months now. And how big, uh, not that you can ever predict how big a dog will get, but how much taller do you think he will get? How much heavier do you think that he will get? Well, he's, I mean, he's 125 now. His dad weighs 160 and they project he could get anywhere between 140 and 160. So I've got some... More weight to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And Kathleen, when it comes to your dog training, can you tell me, do you often work with dogs the size of Bruce, or is this really uh, a somewhat of a rarity? Um, I've had Malamutes come through my training program years ago. I've never had a Dane come through. But I do see them at a training center where I conduct run-throughs for people involved in competition obedience. And it's definitely a tall drink of water, that's for sure. But I have to say, he is the most docile, well-behaved Dane that I have ever seen. And that's a testament to the training Kirby has done to this point in time. Bravo. Oh, thanks. <laughs> now, Kerbay, one of the interesting things about Bruce that I think is probably pretty unique in the world of dog training is that you needed a dog that could be trained to go with you to work. And when people take their dog to work, that can be a variety of environments, but most of them don't have rivers with big fish in them and birds that are squawking right. really loud and are free. And I would just imagine that for Bruce, that's got to be a temptation where he just says, yum, yum, food in my tum. How are you able to control him to the point where he doesn't just leap in and decide I'm having fish for lunch and, and bird for dinner. Well, it's funny you say that because <laughs> I actually took him out to my boyfriend's dad. He has a pond and a lot of private trails that we'll just go and we'll run on. And uh, he got kind of chest up in the in the pond. It was He was exploring the pond, Bruce was, and a fish jumped up, and I wish I had it on video, literally smacked him in the face. And Bruce went running, his tail tucked between his legs, and now he's a little cautious. So he's a big baby in that sense, but he's very explorative. And with that, just like kids, you have to be cautious, you know, we have to know. I want to make sure the animals are safe. Um, we started really early on with a trainer, and she actually came into the store, um, and we just did a a lot of clicker training and when he was in the presence of what would be really stimulating so he really likes the guinea pigs um, whenever he was still he'd get a click and a treat so that it's positive reinforcement with stillness in the presence of these highly <laughs> motivating animals um, 
So we did a lot of training then. But still, I mean, he's got um, a head collar that he wears. That way, if he gets overly excited, I have a little bit more control than just a collar. Um, And, you know, I'm with him all the time. He doesn't just run free and explore with the animals. Um, I make sure it's safe. Um, So, but he does, he does pretty well. So now Kathleen, if you were going to work with someone like a Kerbet and she were coming to you and saying, I have this puppy, what should I be doing? Take us through what would you do? How does your program work? And how would you coach her on either taking Bruce from here or if it were someone new getting Bruce to a point like this? Is there anything you would do differently? Um, Well, I think definitely early socialization in that varied environment. I've been to your place of work, and I know all about the birds, um, and uh, they were squabbling when I had a puppy there for a book signing years ago. And I think for this size breed and your stature, um, the head collar is a perfect tool, and the clicker training is a perfect way to go about it. In the classes that I teach, people are usually coming in with, they're starting with eight to 10-week-old puppies, and I'm teaching them how to walk the walk and talk the talk so that they feel comfortable doing that. And then we progress to some clicker training for those people who are capable and able to manipulate a leash and hang on to a leash and use the clicker in the other hand. Some people aren't very coordinated in that fashion. So we may take it a little slower. But I think I, I'm telling you, I'm really surprised at how well-behaved he is, and that is a testament to what you've done with him to this point. You know, and I think, Kathy, one thing you might want to come, I think you'd like to, I'd like to see you cover a little bit more thoroughly. I think there tends to be a vacuum somewhat in the dog training cycle of a dog where oftentimes at that 10 weeks or 8 weeks old, it, they're oftentimes told, training comes later and that's what the beautiful thing about puppy possibilities your 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 book and i think you have a follow-up book as well or no Um, Uh, but at any rate i know that tends to be the underlying current i think of a large part of the energy of your book is that fair that's right um i'm really and one of the things i'm going to be talking about um at the library this sunday um that happens to be from 3 to 4 30 If anyone's interested in coming is that, you know, when you start with a puppy that even from one of the larger breeds, one of the giant breeds, if you start at eight to 10 weeks of age, the package is definitely smaller and easier to work with instead of waiting. I mean, back in the day, oh, many, many years ago, um, people would say, oh, don't do anything till they're six months old because they're not capable of understanding. And that's totally false. That eight to 10 week old puppy is like this little sponge and everything that happens to them in the environment, um, whether it be positive or negative, boy, that is ingrained in their mind. So I'm trying to get people to think of, yes, eight to 10 weeks. We're not training for an hour a day because the puppy doesn't have that attention span, Um, but we're feeding it little bits of knowledge, and it's learning that this is acceptable behavior, this, not so much. We don't do that. And that's where the clicker can come in to play with um, that positive reinforcement for, no, 
that that's not something that we want to do. So if I could get people to start at that early age, eight to 10 weeks, and follow that six-week DIY illustrated program in my book, um, the whole objective was when those puppies turn uh, well, take flight at five months when they turn six to eight months of age and become that quote teenage dog, where they turn you know they they turn a blind eye to you and say I don't think so. <laughs> then people ship them off to the pound, and if someone's going to wait till six months of age, well, you've missed six months of feeding that puppy all this positive reinforcement for doing those behaviors that you deem acceptable and curbing those behaviors that you deem taboo so we keep those puppies out of those rescues and pounds. That's the whole, that's one of the big pushes that I'm doing with my book. Let's teach, let's teach not simply command my, that you do my bidding. Let's teach these puppies this is good not so much. We're talking this morning with Kathleen Goodman, who is the author of the book Puppy Possibilities. And we have with us in the studio, Kirby and Bruce Pruce. And Bruce is still chomping away on that bone, which is great. Now, Kirby, I have a question for you. Uh, and Kathleen, please feel free to jump in on this because you two share something in common, which is that you're both ladies of what I would describe as slight stature because you're both not very tall or big and as a result of it I see this monster dog and I just imagine him pushing you guys around and my question to you is how have you gone about asserting yourself as the the person in charge as the one who's going to dictate how things roll because I got to tell you if this guy said something to me I'm going to have a hard time saying no to him just based on his size and strength so talk a little bit about that well we definitely have our our squabbles he can be <laughs> stubborn at times uh, like Kathleen was saying he's a teenager and so he can have his moments of just staring and mom I'm not going to do that um, <laughs> the big thing I think is consistency and follow through um, just like parenting you know if if they know how to push your buttons and they know that they can get by and they can get away with stuff they're probably going to do it to him it's like a game um so consistency has been really big and whether it's you know the four-year-old that he hangs out with sometimes or it's me or um my dad you know it's all about consistency so yeah I, if you can touch i, I on do that. want to mention that i'm probably the least consistent uh, <laughs> person in the dog's life no so so i'm like that grandpa that uh uh you know, kind of gets gets the grandkid all excited. So okay, so Kirby, if you ever have children, uh, they're allowed to see your mother, but maybe not along with your father. So <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, well, and, and I think along with consistency, we have to remember that they're puppies, and like young children, are you going to remember that we don't do this, but this is okay? So that's where that whole teenage dog and testing comes into play you know when you're a puppy you got to give it your best shot and is she going to remember that I'm not supposed to just swing my back end and knock the little four-year-old visitor off you know <laughs> off its chair you know not to be malicious or anything but just being a puppy and would you remember to say gentle easy 
easy. Right. Well, and and frankly, that's where the, I think the challenge sometimes comes in is that people look at a dog of this size and they ask the question, oh, I could never do that with a dog this big. But what I hear you both saying is that it doesn't matter what the size is, whether it's a Chihuahua or it's a Great Dane, that it really just comes down to have an agenda and stick with it. And continuity over time is what's going to drive the message home. Well, uh, we probably need to get this in on the next section, but I think that, you know, with Kathy, I'd like to learn what does it mean to be consistent and with what? You know, what is that message that she's found in her DYI, you know, train your dog well? Uh, approach in her book so right well and you're right rick we do need to cover that because uh, we do have a break coming up so we will have that conversation right after the break on the mid-michigan pet expert talk show on 1320 wils and 1320wils.com yeah this is a story of famous dog for the dog that chases his tail will be busy he's a happy dog rhythmic dog harmonic dog you're listening to the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show with Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen on 1320 WILS. It's 9.35 and we're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And we've been talking this morning about puppies and puppy training. And we have with us as guests in the studio, Kirby Pruce and her puppy, Bruce Pruce, is sitting in here just chomping away on that bone. And we also have with us from the East Coast, Kathy Goodman, who is the author of the book, Puppy Possibilities. And Kathleen, before the break, we Rick asked you a question about if you had had to go through and describe your methodology or your training approach, how would you describe it to people? What's, what is the unique characteristics of your approach? I would say that I really believe in teaching our puppies the ways of our world rather than simply demanding and commanding that they do our bidding. Because when you teach, you start building this bond of trust. And when you teach and treat your puppy as if it were a family member, and I see that with you and Bruce, and we've only been together for 20 minutes or so right now, and I can see that you have this bond of trust with him and there's this love and we've been talking about your daily schedule and if people would think of their dogs as family members because remember you don't always get to choose your family members if you choose a partner in life you got their family that comes along as part of the baggage (laughs) when you choose a puppy you are actually choosing to have this canine join your family And in being a member of your family, there's that puppy. It's just shaping and molding and waiting for you to teach it as much as you can because it knows nothing. It isn't your father's Oldsmobile. It doesn't come with cruise control. 
It doesn't come with a whole set of values. It may come with certain characteristics like the sporting breed or the giant breeds or the herding breeds that are innate characteristics of that breed. But it doesn't come knowing how to behave in our world. So here we are. We have this opportunity to build this bond of trust and love and I really try and push that with people. Um, would you put your husband out on a tether on a chain and leave it out in the backyard all day long? Would you treat another human being that way? I'm trying to get people to think of this puppy as a member of the family and by teaching it rather than demanding and commanding it do our bidding it's just a whole different relationship. It is a relationship. Right. Now, one of the things we talked about during the break was the use of certain words and the fact that there are certain words. And one of the interesting things that we talked about is the use of the word here. Kirby, describe what it is that you use the word here to get Bruce to do. Yeah, so just even when we're around the house and I want him to come into the other room, I'll say, Bruce and usually perks up and then I say here and he comes on over um, and we kind of talked about that over the break because we were talking about the word here versus the word come. Um, I try to rarely use come um, when he was little um, kind of the ideology behind using it was that it's only for really really important situations where maybe he's running towards the road or um, he's you know, doing something that he's really not supposed to that could endanger him. And so it's, I guess, I don't know what the right way to put it would be, but like a really high value word. Like it's only used so that he understands that it's it's a different type of, okay, you need to come here now. You need to come, not just here. Um, so that's how we've used here versus come. Um, okay. They're a little bit different. Um, I promote the word come as... The greatest thing next to getting your meal. And I try and teach people that come is supposed to be, it's a happy word. Um, it's a different voice tone. Mm. Puppies come. Um, and all of my dogs come to that voice and that tone. There are a lot of people in the sport of agility that use the word here. And in my personal opinion, it doesn't sound like a very positive word. Um, I, I use a different word in agility when I'm working my dogs, and it's this way mm-hmm. when they're ready to take off in a different direction, and I hear this person saying, here, here, there is no way as a dog I would come to that. Because it sounds like something bad is going to happen. Whereas if I say, this way, And when it comes to a dangerous situation, I teach my dogs, wait just a minute. And I don't know if you've got that inflection, but it sounded a little, "Uh uh-oh, something bad could happen. So I'm really all about that voice modulation and that tone of voice. Mm -hmm. And I probably haven't used the word here because I don't like the way it sounds but you're using it in a different context and in a completely different tone and you know what it's working for you so 
Why not? What, what I was thinking when you were saying this, it kind of reminds me, you go to another country and you start thinking you have their language down and you make some comment about something. And before you know it, you're swearing at the person you never <laughs> intended to. You've got, you've got language, which is words, and then you have energies, which I think both of these two people that have been successful in raising puppies could talk about because it's the energy that that dog feels or that puppy feels in regards to the situation. And and I think it's far more important to squabble over how do you emote your body and, and kind of control the dog than it is to worry or squabble about the actual words used, if you follow what I'm saying. That's right. Exactly. You know, so I, I know assertiveness sometimes can really get you into in, into problems, yep, you know, and, yep. and demanding and, you know, because the dogs just don't understand that and they kind of cower to it. Um, and I think that's where the context that I've heard it in is very negative to me. And I'm thinking, what? And, and you're out, you're in this huge public venue that's very loud, and people are screaming, and sometimes the dogs actually take a different obstacle. It almost looks like they're fleeing the situation. But, you know, if it works... Well, and what I hear you saying, Kathleen, is that the tone of voice is hugely important, and I can agree yeah. with that because in my case, I have a dog named Diego, and he loves the sound of his voice, but it sounds a lot like bagel. And a lot of times, my wife will just call him Bagel, and everyone starts laughing in public when they hear it because he responds right to it and comes running right over. So bottom line is, the word is less important than the tone of the voice tone. that is attached to it. Yes. Now, I'm just yes. curious, Lee, do you also get hungry for a bagel? <laughs> well, true. Little locks do you with that? Now, now, the one thing I'll speak up uh, in regards to my daughter, because I take yoga with her and it is all about energy in her situation so the the here for her is going to be a different here than somebody that's mm -hmm. kind of like a uh, a power uh pushing you know yep. high energy yep. demanding type personality so yeah. i think i think we're talking the same thing and i think when somebody goes out and they work with a trainer or get involved with the trainer you know you're going to probably find it isn't so much in the words but are they actually carrying on a conversation with you that talks about this teaching as opposed to something that's, that's more right. forceful. That's right. Well, and also I, I teach kids yoga at the store, uh, yoga with animals. So we do tortoise posture and bring out the tortoise. And when Bruce was a puppy, I would actually take him into the class and the kids would all get in a circle or get in a line with him. And um, the kids who, you know, would be squirmy and all over the place and their voices would go up and down. You know, he's, his eyes would kind of wander all over. He'd get antsy. He'd get excited. But the kids that would stand confident and still and, you know, kind of assert themselves without being overly assertive, you know, he sat still and he listened. And um, right. so and that was all about teaching confidence. Um, it's an, to teach the kids to be empowered. Um, and so there's another example, you know, of body language and energy he you can see him even with kids that are you know seven years old he knows when there's a confident child in front of him or not or not um so and kathleen how do you go about teaching people to have that confidence to have that 
just uh, assertiveness in your book because at the end of the day, I do think that establishing yourself as someone worthy of, of being followed is important with a dog. So how do you go about doing that? I think the most difficult thing, we talked about consistency earlier, and another part of that is to get people to think before they do, and if they say it, follow through. And it's a very difficult concept for people to remember. If they take a moment, just, just a moment, it's kind of like take a minute, count to ten, you know, then you can begin again. Um, but thinking before they do and preparing before they start training to have everything on hand that they're going to use. I'm sure you do that in the morning with your training sessions with Bruce. You, you get your cookies out. You know, maybe you need a higher value cookie for a concept that's more difficult for him to understand because he's just a puppy. Or maybe... The higher value food doesn't work for you and your puppy because he's more toy motivated. Um, so to get people to think about being consistent and following through in that same fashion every single time is really, really critical. And I try and push that whole aspect of training also. Interesting. Kathleen, we need to take another break. Can you stay over for one more segment with us? Well, then we would like to hold you over. We're talking this morning with Kathleen Goodman, who is the author of Puppy Possibilities, and we have with us Kerbay and Bruce Pruce in the studio, and we'll continue right after the break on the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show on 1320 WILS and 1320WILS.com. Now, back to two guys who salivate whenever their iPhones ring. You're listening to the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show with Rick Cruz and Lee Cohen on 1320 WILS. We're back here with the Mid-Michigan Pet Expert Talk Show, and we've been talking this morning all about puppies and their possibilities. And we have with us in the studio the author of a book by that title, Kathleen Goodman. We also have in the studio Kirby Pruce and her dog, Bruce Pruce, the most famous puppy in all of Lansing, I think, at least at this point, based on news and press releases. Now, Kirby, the question I've got for you is you've got a unique advantage over most people I know, and that is that your family owns a pet store. So when it comes to figuring out what kind of bones and treats and toys to give to them, you've got more choice than just about anybody my question for you is have you found anything that this guy can't destroy and what are the bones and the treats of choice for bruce pruce yeah and we just got back from the trade show in orlando so that was a bit more fun for me than years past because i had personal experience and wanted to try things out um, so customers come in all the time, and that's one of the first questions they ask us is they say, what do you have that's indestructible? And I always say, well, I've never discovered anything that's indestructible, first of all. Right. Um, and then I go into, you know, what is the overall, what does your dog do? What does he like to do? How often do we go outside? Do we play games? Kind of what's the family dynamic? Are there kids? You know, how often are people around? How much socialization are they getting? 
Um, a dog that has, you know, pent up energy, that's not getting a lot of exercise, that's not getting the enrichment psychologically that they need, is going to be more prone to destroy and indestruct or destroy these supposed indestructible toys, right? They have something to channel and focus that into. Um, with that said, I think it's important to have a whole repertoire of different things for your dog, not just a bone to chew on, but there are things that I found to be pretty darn indestructible. Um, he loves, and he has right now, a Himalayan yak milk chew. Um, they will last him upwards of three to four weeks. They last a while. And I like them because I feel very safe leaving it with him. Um, I don't worry about impaction because he chews it up to pretty small pieces and then it's digestible. Um, so we love that. Uh, he also has a plethora of different enrichment toys, um, ones that he can't get his whole mouth around, so he can't really destroy. And we can load those up with really savory treats. That was Bruce. Uh, with really savory treats, and he goes at those for a long time. Um, and then there's, let's see, we really like you know our black Kong, the toughest, durable one. Also, Westpaw makes a really nice line of toys. Um, and Jollybone. They started out making horse products <laughs> and uh, then got into a line of dog toys. And so we really like the Jolly Ball. Gotcha. Great. And Kathleen, if you had someone coming to you and saying, I've got a puppy, got uncontrollable energy, what do I do about it? What do you recommend to them? I mean, what can you do to keep these guys from causing their owners to have a little bit of anxiety themselves because they just can't keep up with the energy level. I'd have to agree with Kirby. The yak bones are great. Um, but I'd also want to ask that person, as she does, her clientele, what type of exercise does this puppy get? If you have a sporting breed, you have to keep in mind that they're going to require a certain amount of exercise because their whole purpose for that breed is to go out and work with the hunters and all day and hunting. Um, when you have one of the large breed dogs, one of the things that you have to remember is not to over-exercise them, which could cause joint problems down the road or hip dysplasia or something like that. So it's a delicate balance of First of all, when people are thinking about getting a puppy, well, what is your lifestyle? If you live in an apartment in the city of New York, I would not recommend a Great Dane unless you are the type of individual that has a rather substantially sized apartment in the city of New York, and perhaps you like to take long walks with your dog. So a lot of it, it's a delicate balance of what the family dynamic is and what the lifestyle is, and all puppies need exercise as do their humans. Okay. Uh, Kerbay, you've been through seven months of this. If someone came up to you and said, I'm thinking about getting a puppy, what advice would you give me? What would you tell them? Uh, just kind of adding to what Kathleen just said, really look at your family dynamic. Look at how much time you have. More than anything, look at how much time you have. Yeah. It's like bringing in another family member. And also, Bruce, whenever people see him, they always say, oh, my gosh, that's my dream dog. I've always wanted a Great Dane. And I make sure I make sure to emphasize how much work they truly are. It's a lot of work. Um, you know, I don't ever want 
someone to see Bruce and get super excited and go out and impulse and get a Dane and then get frustrated because he's not listening. I have this huge dog on my hands. He's pulling me around. He's getting into things. And then the dog end up, you know, in the shelter. That's not the the point. The point is to really evaluate, is it appropriate for your life? Um, And do you really have the means to take care of this animal? And, you know, have you done the research to make sure that you're really taking care of them well? And Kathleen... Go ahead. Even um, a lot of people see me traveling around with my golden retrievers. Oh, I've always wanted a golden retriever. That's going to be when I can get a dog. I want a golden retriever. And I have to remind folks that golden retrievers have a reasonable amount of energy. And, I mean, we walk two miles a day regularly. Um, We have one um, acre fenced around our house. And... You know, just putting the dog out on the acre and let them run around, it's not enough. And one of the things that people don't realize is that, as Kirby said, puppies are a lot of work. This is not your father's Oldsmobile. This is not an Audi that has all the little gizmos and gadgets and knows exactly what to do and exactly how to tell you when it has to go out to the bathroom. Um, or, gee, I'm hungry. Or something like that. So you really, before you go out and get a puppy, and it doesn't matter if it's a purebred dog, a dog from the shelter, a dog from a rescue, do your research on the breeds and the combinations of breeds if you're getting a rescue. And Kathleen, if someone said to you, I'm not sure if I need to go through and sign up for training with my dog, I think that my dog can learn fine on its own with me, what would you tell them? I would say you're absolutely wrong. Puppies need to be out and get socialized at a very early age. So they learn how to behave in and among other puppies, in and among other people of all ages, all races, large and small, short and tall, kids especially, so that they understand, oh, so this is acceptable behavior This is not acceptable behavior. Socializing is huge. My book helps people jumpstart their puppy's education. Is it the be-all and end-all? Through the first year of schooling, it will definitely help that family. But I encourage people to sign up for a puppy kindergarten. Here's a whole series of directives, words that will help you along the way. But socialize, 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 critical. And Kathleen, if people are interested in getting your book, where can they go to get it? Puppytrek.com or come on to the Ann Arbor Public District Library Sunday afternoon. I'll be signing copies for folks. Fantastic. Kathleen Goodman, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your information. And Kerbay, if people are interested in following Bruce and his his (laughs) exploits, how can they do that? Oh, Bruce has his own Facebook page. (laughs) Okay, so just sign up and friend Bruce Bruce, and you'll have a great time. But in the meantime, we are out of time. So on behalf of our producer, Andy Warnock, my co-host, Rick Bruce, in the studio, this is Lee Cohen wishing all of you a fantastic weekend and a great week ahead. We'll talk again next weekend on the MidMichigan Pet Expert Talk Show. And in the meantime, please, please... Take good care of your pets. Have a great weekend, everybody.